Hello everyone, welcome back to the Age Gap Podcast. Today we're going to be listening to the second part of Victor's episode and hearing about mainly his travels throughout Southeast Asia. So keep listening if you're interested in that and we'll get started now. As I had mentioned earlier, we... I and my girlfriend, we wanted to travel again, so we had set on, on the idea to go to Southeast Asia because of several reasons. It's like super interesting, it's relatively cheap, it's safe, it's accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had those three jobs and then we had planned to leave in like, was it May? Yeah, we left on the 1st of May. Um, but no, we decided to go to Southeast Asia. We went to Southeast Asia on the 1st of May after this like kind of ups and downs month in between those two traveling times. Um, yeah, and we went to Bali because we thought, okay, let's... Sound, this might sound ridiculous, right? But we thought, okay, we want to go to Southeast Asia. No one of us has ever been to Southeast Asia. Let's take a, a smooth entry thing. And that was so bad. I like, <laughs> I really don't regret stuff in my life, but... And like, I, I could have done better because we had planned to stay there for three weeks. In Bali for yes. three weeks. Don't ask, don't ask for <laughs> don't ask for because we we thought okay we want to have like a good you Bali know like for three weeks. Yeah, no, it was it was horrible. So we had a good time, but we wanted like traveling. We wanted like yeah. a, a, a I mean... experiences, and that was like <laughs> we had the same things that we had back home, like parties and. Cafes and yeah, uh, I mean, food. and you're with Australians the whole time, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> not rarely any interesting <coughs> people. No, just a lot of very, very drunk, boring people. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. And tourists and yeah. No, actually, one thing was interesting. We went to the north of Bali, which mm-hmm. is not very accessible mm-hmm. and not very popular with, with yeah. tourists, and there we had like some very cool interactions yeah. with the locals. So that was. That was really cool. Yeah, that's like when I was in Indonesia, my host father was Balinese and he took me to Bali for one weekend and we went to the most touristy part of like Kuda Beach and that's it. Stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel and it was insane. I was just around Australians the whole time and I was like trying to speak Indonesian with people and they would not speak Indonesian, they would only be English. It was very absurd. Yeah, it's cool to it's like, fortunately we didn't go, we, we thought, okay, we're going to do the cool hip changu and we thought we would be like all cool mm. but it was just the, the most basic people who yeah. thought okay kuta is too mainstream now we gotta go yeah. to changu and it was yeah also not good it's funny mm. so but after bali <clears throat> which was kind of disappointing but also kind of it was it's nice yeah it's, it's still it's nice you still see island. some yeah. parts of indonesian culture and everything yeah exactly yeah. so you know it, it, it was alright. i would i would rate it like a six out of ten <laughs> But then we went to Vietnam. And that was that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like we we landed in Hanoi mm-hmm. and everything was different and like it smelled completely yeah. different and like everything looked different. It was fucking fucking amazing. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because there we had like this culture shocks and yeah. like all those great experiences, um, interactions with people and like no one would like actually the people did speak quite decent English I would say but sometimes like not at all especially when we went to the north on a motorbike to to the mountains where we went to the Chinese border like in the middle of nowhere and in some fucking villages no one would speak English but they yeah. were still the loveliest people you yeah. could ever meet um so yeah we 
traveled from north to south in Vietnam and had them I think the best time of our whole travel experience because it's uh very authentic I think you yeah. could say like from a from from my point of view never having been to Southeast Asia before mm-hmm. it was that was really great um yeah we went from north to south and for the first time I'd kind of realized okay well uh the world looks very different in, in many different places and I'm ashamed not ashamed to say but I grew up like in a very safe space around a bubble area and even though you back home you would be confronted with I don't know like poverty and and abuse and like lack of infrastructure and privilege and whatever that was just like a different thing mm-hmm. but what what struck me the most was how the people would still be nice and like it kind yeah. of made me question our idea of wealth being the most important thing oh yeah um and met people who were still happy and just having a good time and like making the best out of, out of everything yeah so yeah, we went to Vietnam where I, where I had my my Sion's pool interview, like in some shitty hostel in, on on an island, and the internet didn't work very well, so I tested like my my mobile data and I tested like all the Wi Fi's, and then I saw that they had like um they had a hotel or a hostel internal Wi Fi, mm-hmm. and I went down to the reception. I tried to explain her my situation as for the for the Wi Fi password, and she didn't speak English. So I kind of like had to do this and this and with Google Translate and all of that. And like after 10 minutes, she would give me the, the Wi-Fi password. And that was, the Wi-Fi was actually stable enough so that I could have my nice. interview. And obviously it went well, even though I thought it went like very badly. <laughs> but yeah, so no, that was my students' point of view. And I got also the, the yeah, student thing when I was uh, still in Vietnam. That was a cool moment. Nice. Uh, no, and then we did Cambodia after Vietnam. That was really cool. Um, How much time did you spend in Vietnam? A month. In Cambodia? Ten days, okay. but just because it was too expensive. It was like, it's insane compared to, to Vietnam. Yeah. So you pay for a proper dinner like five, four or five US dollars because they use the US dollar like mm. a lot and therefore it's kind of like really expensive. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of paradox because Cambodia is not the most wealthy yeah. country there is. Um but yeah no the 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 history of Cambodia is really uh, interesting especially the recent history and there was like we went to the prison S21 and to the killing fields outside of Phnom Penh. And that was like rough seeing the killing tree where babies had been like yeah it's crazy. But people are still, I don't know why, but, but people are still nice. Like, yeah, everyone's very resilient, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. You just build up that resilience that I think we sometimes yeah. come. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to look at how um, the place of religion in Southeast Asia in general has such an influence in people's lives. I mean, that's one thing that I noticed in Indonesia. And the same thing, like, in Indonesia, it's like, and the nicest people that I've ever met in my life, <laughs> which is so crazy. Um, but yeah. Where where did you live in Indonesia? In Jakarta. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh okay. Cool. Yeah, How and I think Jakarta. Jakarta is amazing. I love Jakarta. Jakarta is such an amazing city. Um, it's just there's so many people. There's so much going on, and 
everyone's super nice and there's no tourists pretty much <laughs> and like it's just like a really cool place i think um yeah i loved being there i heard jakarta is got a crazy party scene is really like someone i have no idea i was like 16 when i was there oh, 16 or 17 okay, when i was there okay. we didn't party at all okay because i met someone who like um who lived in jakarta for a couple of years and they said that the parties are insane because of kind of like religious constraints people when they like get crazy they really get crazy yeah. and so uh i, I just said i don't know but I yeah thought, no it's okay. possible i have no idea i didn't know anything about the nightlife when i was there i think but it was just like a it's a really cool place to be in general and the traffic it's like one of the worst cities in the world for traffic like it was i mean first it's like the population's like nine million at night and like 15 million during the day or something ridiculous like this just everyone coming in and i remember one time i was going like four kilometers down the road with like a taxi and it took four hours four hours and the driver was like sitting watching youtube and you can't get out and walk because there's no sidewalks anywhere and the road's packed full of like cars and motorcycles and like it's insane but i mean like it's such a crazy place it's so nice to me and after cambodia which was awesome but too expensive we decided to go to thailand for a couple of weeks uh because we ran out of money we like did uh some voluntary work but on a farm uh, over like roof mm -hmm. so yeah. worldwide organic yeah. farming yeah and that was that was really cool so we went to the north of thailand uh chiang, chiang no not chiang mai but pai it's like this small hipster village where every backpacker goes <laughs> And I didn't like it that much because it was the same like Australian people getting drunk. Mm -hmm. But we stayed on a farm seven kilometers out of town. And it was beautiful there. Two two elephants mm -hmm. and some some nice bungalows. But because of COVID there weren't many tourists and not other volunteers as well. So it was just the two of us. And like cleaning the stable mm -hmm. and like cutting food on the field wow. and going for walks with the elephants and bringing them down to the river and when tourists would come we would like take them all together for walks on the hills and everything so we did that for like 10 days and saved a lot of money and it was i think one of the coolest experiences because they they would always cook thai food for us but like really traditional mm -hmm. thai food so for breakfast we would get like very spicy chicken, papaya mm -hmm. salad, and rice, which was uh, a shock. But it was a really, really cool experience. So to do that, everyone who's listening, do a gap year and then do woo for something because yeah. you will do something that you'll always yeah. remember as a great yeah. time. Yeah, that was the same thing in South Africa. And they would see, they serve us like pop for breakfast, which is like this maize meal type of thing. It's people have described like grits are like this but it's basically like if you imagine mashed potatoes but it's corn mm -hmm. and that is just that with like sugar on it for breakfast i hated it so much like every single day whenever i saw it on the counter i was like no <laughs> but then there were some days my host would do like insane barbecuing like cooking octopus over the barbecue Ooh. it was so good Ooh. but yeah, the authentic food with like a host family is the, like one of the best things I think about traveling. Even though you sometimes won't like it, but yeah, and you will finish it because it's yeah, nice. exactly. Yeah, so no, like after Thailand, 
uh, after that working on the farm, we went all the way down south to small island of Kofangan, which is very cool. So it kind of like, it's very laid back and chill in life. So it's just live in the day and, and it, but in a very positive way, not like the Bali forced way, but mm-hmm. like in a very organic way. So you would have cool reggae bars and wonderful, beautiful beaches and just, I think, two, three or four main streets. So you would go on a scooter just on those streets and have a really... So I, I would say that was the one, one of the best times of the whole journey because we spent the stay for like eight or nine days in the same bungalow, paid like eight euros a night. And nice. um, I, I kind of felt like what Bali is supposed to be, like this laid mm-hmm. back kind of cool vibe, be good food, coconuts on the beaches, but not many drunk tourists. Yeah. So that was... Uh, that was that was really great. I would definitely recommend that. And apparently, I read somewhere there's uh the best or the second best island in the world to do remote work. So, oh really? All of the for all of you corporate kids out there mm. who want to do remote work, go to Kofangan. That's amazing. Yeah, there was lots of people doing remote work when I was in Saint Thomas in mm-hmm. the Caribbean. The guy that owned the boat we were staying on his um, wife his girlfriend was a lawyer like out of some firm in New York City, and she was living on a boat. <laughs> in the middle of St. Thomas, like, doing her remote work in, like, the, the underground of the boat <laughs> and just, like, sunbathing all day, like. <laughs> exactly. That, 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 that's what you can do. I think I, I'm not the biggest fan of remote work because I like to interact with people. Mm-hmm. But this is one upside I would definitely always want to go for because you can just, I don't know, yeah, I, go I, wherever. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. So then we went to Singapore for a week. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I always loved the idea of Singapore, but when I went there, I was like, okay, this is intense. So it's completely different. So you can feel yeah. that there's, for example, like a lack of freedom. So whenever you step out and you don't know how to behave, what rules apply? Because the area is like, if you do that, then you get two years of imprisonment. Or when you land, they say drug trafficking will be punished by death. So it was crazy having mm-hmm. that experience as well um but it's it's interesting culture cool cool people uh good food i don't like i like the, the the food but it was like the end of our trip and i just there was like three weeks before the sports started so i was kind of stressed out because i would have to i just had like 10 days when coming back to plan all my like moving mm-hmm. And because my laptop broke during my travels, I'd have to do all all the the residence stuff and all the setting up of things over my phone. Oh, God. Uh, that was a really, really a pain in the ass. So bring a laptop if you go traveling and if you have to do stuff. Um, and make sure it won't break. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so did that. And then, I don't know, like, I went back home, spent some time with my family, and then... No, I'm sitting here with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was that was my gap year with ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's good. Super interesting. How would you say that your gap year affected you as a person? Do you find that you were like a different person at the beginning than you are now? It definitely did. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it's still too fresh to... Yeah. I, I need more distance to reflect upon how... I changed. I think I got way more open and I learned way more about different cultures and ideas. I had this very 
uh, not very, but this relatively strict idea on moral values, for example, and that just changed because I realized, okay, the world is different than my bubble. And even though you, of course, you always know it, right? But, but when you experience it, mm-hmm. there, there, there was something. So I think that was the most important thing. And also like just learn stuff about myself, that it, what, what I like, what I don't like, that I need structure. But I also I kind of fell more in love with traveling because I was, I was kind of scared to go abroad, like to a different kind of mm-hmm. backpacking, but I love it. So yeah, I, I don't know, but that kind of stuff, I think I can say, yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you, did you, how did you slash, did you document your year in any way? Like, did you keep a journal? Did you take photos? Did you do anything like that? I've, I've got more than 3,000 photos and videos on yeah. my phone now. Um, so, in, I didn't really plan to do one gap year. If I hadn't gotten into Sciences Po, I would right now be in Vietnam mm-hmm. teaching English. And that would have been like an open-end thing. So I yeah. had this agreement with my parents, I'll go to university. But if I don't go to the Institutions Po, um, I will just do it some other time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know, okay, this will be my year and I will document it. So it was very open-end yeah. kind of thing. And it, and it like very appropriate. So like yeah. two months before starting, I got the uh, yeah. reply. So. Yeah. I didn't do it because I didn't know that it was just one year. Yeah. So how did the time off, like, affect your performance in school now? Do you notice, like, are you, were you, like, excited to start school again? Did you find it difficult to go from, like, doing no work to starting school now? Yeah, so I was excited to go back. But I can definitely say that the first two or three weeks of our life have been very difficult. Because you just get out of the rhythm of studying and got to get back into it and got to find my own structure again. Because I haven't had a proper... Um, no, I haven't had that in well, a year, obviously. And I didn't read very much uh, scientific stuff or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, uh, it's getting used to it. But I think it, it got reactivated relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But do you find that, like, your experience traveling in Asia is, like, going to be helpful for studying Asia on the okay. campus? I think so, definitely, because I first got, like, this this practical insight, and now I can mm-hmm. have this foundation of theoretical understanding. But also, I think the most interesting, or the best part for me is living with so many people who come from Asia and Southeast mm-hmm. Asia, just to interact with them and talk about their experiences, kind of, like, see what my experiences are and yeah no definitely i don't know it just worked out very well that i went to southeast asia and now i'm studying asia yeah. uh yeah i think it'll definitely help me a lot what was the hardest part for you about taking a gap year yeah no the the the, 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 the lego yeah just <laughs> just this very deep black hole for a month yeah. or two where i just didn't have any ideas of what i'm yeah. gonna do and i actually kind of like had to fight with my parents that i want more time off than just a year they didn't want to give it to me, but then I can explain everything that I think is like very valuable for me as a person, and that I will go to university eventually, and yeah. all of that. But you know, those that those two things were I think the hardest, mm-hmm. and leaving home. So like when going to Southeast Asia and going to Singapore, that was mm-hmm. like two, two tough things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like for you? Because it seems like you were doing the whole like. Sciences Po application process while traveling and while like doing all this crazy stuff and everything was going on all at the same time 
Did it seem like it was going super fast? Were you like really stressed out about the application? Were you nervous that you weren't going to get in? Did it all happen super fast or like was it overwhelming at any point or anything like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, when I had to do my my guarantee for 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 my residence, uh, I thought I had done it, but then I read on the group chat that I had, and I was sitting on a bus from. Uh, Angkor Wat to 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 uh Bangkok and I did it on my phone with like a very unstable connection but there was like a deadline so I had to do it and those are just the moments where I was fuck why am I doing everything of it like all of it right now uh it was very intense but it was definitely worth it because I had like both I could I didn't have to stay here or go for, to an interview here or do like uh, testing like in France so I could be wherever and do that yeah. so I loved it but it was intense but I think this is also what, how I want to live my life mm. to not be stuck in one place but rather to go places and still be able to take care of everything so I mm. think it was it was good preparation even though it was like really stressful but yeah no it was exciting yeah and do you see like compared to like the backpacking and traveling everywhere and doing all the crazy stuff do you see like coming to france now and going to school as like a new adventure or kind of like going back to the basics by going to university well, it's a new adventure because i've never i've always lived in the same room in the same apartment and with the same friends mm-hmm. and now being here is both academically like a challenge and an adventure but something i'm excited about so i'm really interested in what's going on and moving to a different country was like yeah. a huge thing so it's starting to get just more normal for me mm-hmm. so the challenge or like the adventure is kind of fading away but we're still it's a it's a great exciting thing that happened to me so I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it happened and I'm not bored or anything and I don't feel like yeah yeah so. yeah that you have to be in school or something yeah I think that the gap year for a lot of people is a good space to appreciate school more I think in some ways because people that go straight from high school to college it sometimes feels like I have to be here and I have to be doing school and I have to be doing this and this and this and I find that most people that I talk to that do gap years don't really feel the same way you know absolutely absolutely because you think when you have like a glance at the freedom that you've got yeah. You can make like appreciate more what, for example, like education means, yeah. or like what structure means, or I don't know, just like by by going abroad and doing something else, you you get to know more of the world, and then you perhaps get to realize who you are, what you want to do, and I when I was in Southeast Asia, I was more and more convinced that I want to do something related to to policy work and international policy work. Because I think it's a very interesting place, but I also want an interesting thing. But I also want to like work with people because I found so many. I met so many different interesting people, so I think it really makes you realize more who you are and what you want to do, and also like what important part school plays in all of them. In all, of, for example, to achieve what you want to do. Later. Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. So you spent mm, what the whole of your time traveling with your girlfriend. Yes. Do you wish that you traveled by yourself at any point? Yes. <laughs> so had a had a great time. Um, it was good for 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 both of us. We had a, many many great experiences. Um, but I think solo traveling is just a different thing. Yeah. I've 
never properly done solo traveling, but the those short times that I did, it was amazing. The next trip is definitely going to be solo traveling mm-hmm. again, and I also want to go abroad, like like two different continent to yeah. do solo traveling. And everyone I met was okay. Traveling together, great, but solo traveling, yeah, that's just it. Yeah, yeah, and I think once you solo travel, it's kind of like you get on a group, like a trip with a group, and you're like, oh, I remember why this isn't as fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it it has its upsides. Definitely. Yeah, because there's yeah. You can share stuff, and you have great moments, and you can do stuff yeah. together, right? But um, no, solo traveling just. Freedom goes from like this to that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Okay, where's the next place that you want to go? Uh, <laughs> so that I would the next place I would want to go. Mm-hmm. Um. Perhaps be India. Or something completely different, like Morocco. I think is interesting. Or oh, I've got this idea of a journey, going down southeast through the Balkans to Turkey, going on a road trip all the way yeah. through Turkey uh, to Georgia, and then going to the mountains in Georgia and hiking that. That's mm. one trip that I would want to do. But it will probably be something more boring just because i got to save up money again. Yeah, and yeah, logistically it's more difficult. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, and then I think I already know the answer, but would you take another gap year? I, I, I will take another <laughs> gap year, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what advice would you give to someone considering taking a gap year? Do That's it. the final question. <laughs> just, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever you're going to do, do it and make sure that you don't have too many strings attached. Yeah. How, how so? Cheers. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, okay, well, thank you for doing the interview, Victor. Um, it was super great. Yeah, and thanks everyone for listening. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thank you very much for having me, Kate. <laughs>